0: Okay, we are discussing Teshuva and we said sins between man and man are not forgiven unless a person goes to the person, makes amends. If it's financial, you've got to pay the guy, and then you've got to ask him forgiveness. And then you can ask Hashem forgiveness as well. So there's three different stages. Number one is if it's financial, you've got to pay damages, whatever it is. And number 2 is got gotta ask sorry, you got to say sorry to him, and he's gotta accept it. So we said if he doesn't accept it, you've got to go back with three friends. He doesn't accept it, go back another three friends. He doesn't go and accept it, three more friends. He doesn't accept it, you've done your job. You're not guilty anymore. It's his fault for being cruel. You're not allowed to be cruel. And that's the next halakha. A person's not allowed to be cruel, they have to forgive and forget, especially after three times, especially if he, they see he's earnest. If he's just joking around, obviously, obviously you don't have to forgive. He's got to be serious. I really, please forgive me, please. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Of course he's serious. Forgive him already. So that's being cruel. We learned from Abraham Abedinu that he forgave Abimelech. That even Abimelech took his wife away. No jokes, okay? Abimelech, he forgives him. Not only does he forgive, he prays for him. And that's when Abraham became, uh, had a baby. Mm. After he prayed for his enemy, to have a baby, yeah, baby. It's amazing. it's amazing. It's an amazing story. You see the greatness of Abraham Abedinu. He's ready to forgive and forget. And he had his child straight away. he gets pregnant straight away. Mm. So that's the Rambam's language. The person is not allowed to be cruel and not forgive. You see a person begging you forgiveness. Don't be cruel. And then he says, now what happens is, what happens when a guy dies? Before you can ask him forgiveness. This is an interesting halakha. Very, very esoteric, Kabbalistic kind of halakha. So what do you do? You bring ten men to his grave. Imagine, it's amazing. You can connect to the dead. We're not allowed to talk to the dead. It's the only time we hear this concept of talking to the dead. It's very weird. It's very strange, right? Not allowed to speak to the dead. Communication with the dead is forbidden, Jerusalem. Seance is forbidden. But over here, it's the only time you're allowed to talk to the dead. When? When you go to the grave with a minyan. You say, I'm sorry to this person. Take ten men. And say the following. what he says In front of the grave, I have sinned against Hashem, the Lord of Israel, and against this person by doing the following to him. So the truth is, you're not really talking to him. You're talking, I sinned against the God of Israel and to this person. Or, Why are you going to this grave? And it was, there is was a connection over here between the body over here. The closer you can get to the guy's soul is through his body, which is very interesting. It was the Kabbalist talk about Chavla de Garmi. There's a little bit of the soul, the lowest level of soul, the nefesh, the nefesh, the nefesh, whatever, left over in the body. The malchut of the nefesh. So that's what he A little bit of a soul left in the blues bone. It's the Hamlet Gamit. It says there's a way of connecting to the, to the person through his Hamlet Gadami. If you, Arizal, would go to the Sadiqim and lie in their grave and talk to them. Mm. So why, why to their grave? You talk. To, I'm sure you can talk to them without going to the grave. And the answer is, yeah. Because you're connected through the bone. I don't recommend it to anyone else. Arizal was Arizal. No one else should do these things, you know. We don't know what we're doing. Is there a difference between inquiring and talking? Pardon? Is there a difference between inquiring and talking, or is it the same thing? Torah says not to inquire. Is that the same as talking? You don't want to hear the the future. That's something. You don't want to hear hear the future. You don't want to inquire for the sake of the future, like Shaul HaMelech did. Went to the witch, and he conjured up Shmuel and Nevi, and he asked him about the future. And he messed up because of that. But there's a distinction. And Raman says he didn't really, you can't really talk to the dead, it's all over, witchcraft doesn't really work, and it's all bunk. However, Raman says it did work. Proof. Sorry, Albert. The, the, the Come closer, I can't see in you. In between, if you go to a grave, so and? you're not going for a seance. I mean, just exactly. So in other words, mm-hmm. this, is only, this is the only situation that was brought down in Hanukkah, that you go to the cemetery, and you go to the grave, and you, you ask forgiveness over there every you time the actual burial yeah of course that's what we do the Hebrew Kaddish says sorry I usually do on their behalf before we bury someone say on behalf of the Hebrew Kaddish I'd like to apologize if we didn't do anything according to your wishes because mm-hmm. maybe you didn't want them to hold him touch him here and do the, it's very very you know can you imagine uh, they're bathing the body they put the body in the mikveh they have a the mikveh they, otherwise they pour the nine uh, tushak kabin of water on the guy so maybe you know they did something which they didn't like not a joke. It's very dangerous to be in If you do something they don't like, and then, you know, it's halakha, so you're following Halakha. So hopefully, because you're following halakha you're okay. But if you didn't do it nicely, so you think they, they don't know what's going on. Oh, well, the soul is right there, hovering right above, seeing, watching everything. Hmm. So, so therefore, we have to ask mechila. Before the burial, we ask mechila. We didn't do anything according to your wishes. Uh, we're so sorry. That could be done for then several people. It doesn't have to be done for one individual that's looking, in other words, what do you mean? In other words, you're at, you're at a burial and three people there feel that they wronged this person. Yeah. yeah. So three people should ask. One after the other. But they don't normally do it in a burial because it's too. Yeah. You do, you get ten men together, you get your friends together, say, I need you to say Kaddish for this guy. I mean, you know, gonna say, mm-hmm. just say this formula. He said, say, say, I sinned against Hashem, the Lord of Israel, against this person. By doing so and so. We have to be explicit, but. I don't, know if, I don't know if everyone has to hear it. I mean, in the minion over there to transmit. It's a wild, this is a, wild, a wild halakha, this concept of going to the guy's grave. Right? And if he owed the person money, how do you pay the guy? He's dead, you give it to his heirs. You know, his son's alive, he's inheriting. Who's inheriting? Give it to the inheritance. To <coughs> owe him $1,000, I didn't have it to pay him. I didn't manage to pay him, but he's alive. <laughs> pay his estate. This way, it's like you paid him. You give it to his inheritors. Hopefully, he didn't want to do it too, because he gives the money, so therefore, he get, they get it. You should place the sum, you shouldn't put, put the money in the grave. <laughs> That's a joke, Right the joke is that a guy goes to, three guys go to the cemetery and his last will he's a very wealthy man, he says last will is here's, I'm giving you each one $10,000 each throw 1000 in the grave so one guy throws 1000 the other guy throws 1000 the other guy comes along writes a check, takes the 2000 out <laughs> check for $3,000 that's, that's a really anti-Semitic joke the Jew, the Jew writes the check and takes <laughs> <one>. <laughs> but uh, we see that what well, you don't give it to the grave, what do you do? you give it to the inheritors if he doesn't know who the inheritors are, he should put the money in the hands of the court. the did say, I owe this guy money, he's not here, I don't know who the inheritors are, you deal with it. Okay, so maybe they'll give it to whatever they feel is appropriate. Okay, now we come to who is a tzaddik and who is a rasha? Who is good and who is bad? That's why it's, you're going to see from here that it's impossible to judge anyone. Only God knows the value of a mitzvah. Only God knows the value of a sin. No one else knows. We can tell by what the Torah says. We have an idea. So Torah says a very bad punishment obviously it's very bad so Torah it says it's a very big, big reward obviously it's very good there's a lot of things we don't know there's a lot of gray that we don't know and therefore the Rabbah gives us a way to measure but obviously it's not for us to measure only God can measure because we don't know the quality and the quantity. quantity maybe we'll figure out I did this and I did this I did this some things we don't even remember we don't, some things we don't even realize what we're doing is a sin because person's got to be so conscious of what we're doing Cuz person's absent-minded you know he did this, oh, I ate, uh, I, I just forgot, I, you know, I ate meat, uh, I can drink milk now. Well, some stupid things, that person is not aware, we have to be aware, Jews got to be aware, 24-7, you got to be aware, when you're sleeping, you got to be aware, who's next to me, you got to find out, especially in those days, they would share rooms with 50 people, I don't know, it's crazy. So a person got to be aware 24-7, what am I doing, what am I, how am I sleeping, am I sleeping my back, I'm not allowed to see my back, my front, Imagine in the middle of your sleep, you're thinking, what am I Turn left or turn right, which shall I to let go? It's, it's 24-7. The person's gonna be aware. That's one of the things Judaism teaches us to be aware. Aware of what you do. What are you? There's no Alzheimer's in Judaism. You're gonna be aware. Use your brain 24-7. you are got to be aware of what you're up to. So every person has merits and demerits. We all, we're human beings. There's no such thing as a person who's perfect. The only person who's perfect is Hashem. We pray for perfection. Tabiamelach <laughs> and Tilim. Praise Hashem, make me perfect. I want to be perfect. Because that is the goal. What is the goal? The goal is to be perfect. Our goal is to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. We've got to be as perfect as possible. So say if you aim high, you'll get to 90%. That's How much can a human being get? Moshe Rabbeinu was the highest. Well, he got to the highest level a human being can reach. And he's called Evid Hashem. And that's the truth. We have to make ourselves Evid Hashem. The goal is to be God's servant. What does that mean? I don't think for myself. God says, do this, but do it, not ask questions. God says, not do it, okay, we'll do it, don't ask questions. That is the idea, GPS, God positioning device, hmm. what is it, GPS? God's positioning service. So we go by God, God says, do this, I do it. God says, not do it, but it's going to be like a guided missile. What does that mean? Hashem directs us and we go. Hashem says, get up for selichot, I get up for selichot. Hashem says, learn Torah, I learn Torah. But Hashem says, don't waste the time, away. well, that's the problem. <laughs> Got me right there. <laughs> So, it's got to be something purposeful, otherwise it's a waste of time. A right? person needs to work on that. So, every person has merits and demerits. So, this is the Rambam's definition of a tzaddik. A person with more merits than demerits is a tzaddik. More good than bad? Tzaddik. A person more bad than good is rasha. A person has... What's the chance of having half-half? Is <laughs> <coughs> a benoni. 50-50. 50-50. 50-50. How do you get 50-50? It's like... One little thing can push you. This is right. When do you ever be 50-50? Ramaph says, imagine yourself always as 50-50. Hmm. Motivate yourself to do more good than bad. Why? Because <coughs> you're always 50-50. Even the biggest sadiq we always look 50-50. If I do this, I'll ruin myself and ruin the whole world, not just myself. Imagine the whole world is 50-50. Oh, I don't know what the world is like now. It's, it's, uh, it's on the edge right now, the world. How much good is there? How much bad is there? I don't know. Only God knows. We don't know. We don't know. So, a person with more merits than demerits is a Sadiq. That's the definition of Sadiq, according to Rambam. Misilat Nisharim has a different definition. His definition much harder to attain at Sadiq, according to, to Misilat Nisharim, from Moshe Chaim Luzato, Ram Path of the Just. At Sadiq is someone who keeps the whole Shulchan Aruch. <laughs> so, Sadiq is not just more good than bad, it's, a person keeps the whole Shulchan Aruch. It's wild. You know how to keep the whole It's the whole A to Z that's a tzaddik that's Ramos it's very hard to attain Quito-rama is much easier more good than bad hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't have more good than bad Troubles we don't know we don't know what we have so always do teshuvah and always try and do good this way we can be sure so it's very easy to do teshuva between man and God. between man and man it's harder so you insult people it's very hard it's much the hardest thing is for a rabbi I think because there's much more interactions and people get hurt people mm-hmm. there, so it's much harder Because if you keep your mouth shut, you won't get in trouble. But if you don't keep your mouth shut, the Rabbi's got to talk. So (laughs) People don't like what he talks about sometimes. You can't talk about this. I can't talk about this. It's all right. I've got to talk about it. No, don't talk about this topic. Well, too bad. So if you get upset, what can you do? So that's 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 the hard part of being a public figure. You can't please everyone. That's the hard part. So anyway, so a person who has more good deeds than bad deeds. It's called a righteous person. That's a Rambam's definition. A person whose demerits are more than their merits are considered Rasha. If they're equal, Benoni. There's a whole book of Tanya has written about this. This whole topic about who's the Tsari, Rasha, Benoni, separate Tanya. Based on one Gemara, between Rava and Abaye, Abaye says I'm a Benoni. So Rava says, if you're a Benoni, what are we? <laughs> if you consider yourself in the me- middle, where are we? Where we're finished. There's a whole book written about it. So, Tanya was written about that. So, Benoni, we can see it's a very high level. He yeah, considers it a Benoni. But the truth is, what he's really saying is, we should all view ourselves as Benoni. That's what Rahmam's saying. Doesn't matter how great you are, in your own mind, you should be a Benoni. That's, what, that's the Psha. The in your own mind, you are a Benoni. You are in the middle somewhere. And this way, we'll motivate ourselves. If I'm at Sadeg, I'll rest on my laurels. I'll sit back, I'm a tzaddik, I love, Hashem loves me. Who knows? Hashem loves everyone. Who knows what you are? So this way it's a motivational. And the same thing applies to a whole country. If the country is more righteous than evil, tzaddiki. If the, if the country is more evil than, than inhabitants, or more evil than not, it's a wicked country. You don't live in that kind of country. And the same applies to the whole world. Now look at this, look at what he says, this is very harsh. If a person's sins exceed their merits, they will immediately die in their wickedness. What does that mean, immediately die in their wickedness? So obviously we see that doesn't, there's Erech Hashem acts. He doesn't act so fast. It's a slow process. That was a whole big story about Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was very direct. The Egyptian is a murderer, kill him, straight away, like boom. Paro is hurting the Jews. But he the t- hit the taskmaster. Stop it. Do something. So he, uh, he sees the shepherds hurting the uh, the, uh, children, the daughters of Yitro. Gets involved. Direct, very direct. Hashem says, take your stick and throw it in the floor. What it turn to? So he's, he's looking. Hashem, why didn't you do something? These people are suffering for how many years? A hundred and... How many years were they suffering in Egypt? There were 210 years in Egypt. But they were suffering, say... Out of the two hundred ten, they were suffering hundred and seventy years till all the all the sons died, all the tribes died. That's where the <coughs> suffering started. Hashem, where have you been for hundred and seventy years? Imagine we're lucky. The Holocaust was only five years. We're lucky, very lucky. Imagine Holocaust in Egypt was much longer. It was a terrible disaster. Imagine living in that three, four generations, murder, children being thrown in the river, slaves being working till they drop, all their limbs breaking and torture. This. Thing. Can't imagine what it's like to live in those days so much terrible. And they still didn't want to come out of there. Eighty huh? percent still didn't want to come. Out? Yeah. But the eighty percent, they probably assimilated. 80%. They became more Egyptian than the Egyptians. Wherever we went, everywhere in the world, there's always Jews stayed behind, assimilated to the culture. Go to Spain, and I get, when I go to Spain, like every other person I see is probably a Jew. The Jewish blood, so much Jewish blood in Spain. 20% of the country was Jewish. I mean, it's, there's so much Jewish blood there. Portugal, Jewish blood. You go to South America, you see all these guys there. My grandmother used to light candles in the, in the, in the basement. And, and we, wouldn't, we wouldn't eat pork. And this one says, uh, we wouldn't marry everyone. We'd marry certain families. There's so many people in South America. Hmm. So the question is, what about, what the rabbi says, a person dies straight away. What does that mean he dies straight away? So, Robert argues with us. Look, the Rabbi said, Look, there's many wicked people alive. <laughs> <laughs> Robert says, Robert was Arab Abraham ben David. He wrote a, commentary, a side commentary on the Rambam. He always argues with the Rambam. What are you talking about? There's many wicked people you see alive. However, what does it mean he's going to die? It means he's going to lose some years of his life, or some days of his life, some hours of his life. That's Karet the Yomi. There's karet de yomi, there's karet uh, which is applies to days, he the loses the days of his life. There's karet de shani, and there's karet of years. He loses a certain life So the guy was meant to live 85 and he died at 80. Why? Because of his sins. I shouldn't cut him off. That's what Barabbat says. It's not immediate. It's immediate sentencing to be carried out later. But a person can do teshuvah and get them back. Okay? Can we say that is also life is like a living death for wicked people yeah, that's what the Gemara says <laughs> a Sadiq who's dead is it's considered alive in God's world and a rasha who's alive is considered dead what do you mean he's considered dead the soul is dead he's insensitive to the spiritual side of life in fact many people come to shul they don't feel a thing I don't feel like it, I'd rather be in a, soccer, a football game <laughs> I'd rather be watching the Knicks right? why is that and the soul is dead so it's not connected. So that's the connection. That's also kind of death. That's a kind of spiritual death. But that's not what the Rambam is saying over here. Mm. So Robert says, you know what, the Rambam, it's not immediate. He's losing life, but it's not immediate. It will happen. That's what it means. So there's a number of defenses of the Rambam. The Ketzer Mishnah, which is Rabbi Yosef Karo, he said, all this is done according to God's wisdom. Even though the guy seems to be wicked, he seems to be wicked, but in God's eyes, he may have one merit which is saving him to be alive. Mm. And that's usually the case. There's no such thing as a person who's 100% wicked. Every, even the most wicked guy has one mitzvah. And maybe he loves his dog and looks after his dogs. Who knows what it is? You don't know what it is. So if he's still alive, it's not because he's a complete rasha. He has some merits, which he needs some more life. Maybe he looked at, maybe honored his parents. Who knows what the guy is. And that's what Rosh Lakish does. You know, Rosh Hashanah, what do we eat? We eat, we eat pomegranates my pomegranate because Rish Lakish says even the worst Jew is full of mitzvot like a pomegranate Because no such thing a bad Jew because there's so many mitzvot it's impossible not to do one at least <laughs> there's, there's 365 negatives so just I didn't rob the bank today anyone rob the bank today? I didn't rob the bank today I didn't commit adultery today Baruch Hashem you know it's one mitzvah I got in my pocket <laughs> yeah so all these are mitzvot that person does by not doing anything so many 365 mitzvot you do just by not doing it. Isn't that great yeah. it's fantastic just sitting down what we're doing over here is that we're not only not doing mitzvot aberot, we're not doing averot we're doing mitzvot we're hearing torah so how much is that that's worth a lot it's practically impossible today not to hear torah on the radio on the on the internet you're going to bounce into it one day and you're not just going to hit something in this list of two minutes so you have two minutes of torah so we can't dis- discount anyone don't discount anyone it's very these it's very dangerous. The internet is very dangerous. I think the internet is very dangerous. Why? You have these rabbis who are talking through their hats. Mm-hmm. And they're great rabbis, but they're talking through their hats. Because they're not post scheme. Yeah. You've got to ask a boy about Yosef. You. you ask him. Ask great rabbis who have Hokmat hayim. They have chokmat. It's not just what's written in the book. Shukran says he breaks Shabbat. That was in those days. It's talking about The Gemara was talking about the time the Gemara where they knew what Shabbat was for. Everyone knew. Every Jew knew you have to keep Shabbat. So if he's not keeping Shabbat, you know what he is? He's an atheist. I mm-hmm. believe in God. He's a He's a he's a pagan. Yeah, in those days, but today no nothing. He's equivalent to a non Jew in those. Days, right? In those days, yeah. <laughs> and in these days? That's what well you missed it. Okay, listen to the tape. Listen <laughs> to the tape. So it's uh very important to know. Today you can count him in minyan. because he believe in Hashem? I said the bottom line is to believe in Hashem. Does he believe in Hashem? So why is he breaking Shabbat? He doesn't know the importance of Shabbat. It wasn't taught the importance of Shabbat. People don't have parents who taught them. People don't have schools. Maybe a guy who grew up religious and kept Shabbat and now he's not keeping Shabbat. So why don't you keep Shabbat? It's not because I don't believe in God. You can ask him why don't you keep Shabbat now? He says I'm just lazy. Lazy. I like to keep Shabbat, but I'm lazy. It's, just, it's too much for me. But if he still believes in Hashem, he counts in the minyan. So the bottom line is: Do you believe in Hashem or not? Do you believe in the God of Israel? Let's let's uh, narrow it down. Do you believe in the God of Israel? Oh. If you believe in the God of Israel, you can't turn a minion get an aliyah and everything. Even though he did the worst things. But uh, if, he, if he's the Obed of he doesn't believe in the God of Israel. So in those days, you, don't break, you break Shabbat, that means you don't believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you're out. That's it, that's the way the line is drawn. But if you break Shabbat you do believe in God today, not because you, you break Shabbat, or because you like to break Shabbat. Because you don't know better. You're used to that. That's, the, that's how people grew up in America. Everyone, they had a conservative background, Reform background, and it's allowed for them. The rabbi says it's allowed. The rabbi drives on Shabbat. I had a had a Reform school in Vancouver. It says this parking spot is for the rabbi on <laughs> on holidays and Shabbat. And then on Rosh Hashanah second day, but closed for the holidays. Come on, Rosh Hashanah second day. There's no Rosh Hashanah second day. So that's how people grew up. What do they know about Shabbat? And it's allowed. Of course it's allowed. Everyone drives a Shabbat. So everyone knows that. You're allowed to drive the shoes. You're allowed to drive the shoes. Mitzvah. They say explicitly, you're allowed to. So if you grew up in that environment, how are you going to blame the guy? I'm going to blame them. I'm lucky, thank God, I had the good upbringing. Thank God, we know. Thank God, we're lucky. We've been exposed. We decided to keep Shabbat. We're very lucky. First, let's worry about ourselves. That's my motto. Worry about yourself. I want to be a Tzaddik. Give the role model. That's it. Be a role model. Be a role model to the world. That's our job, or Lagoyim. If we have to be a role model to the world, we have to be. How much more? so We have to be role model for our brothers and sisters. How much more? So we have to be a role model. So the main thing is Kiddush Hashem. You make Kiddush Hashem, and people say, "Wow, I want to be like him." I, if he can do it, I can do it. So that's out. That's the main thing. The main critical thing is Kiddush Hashem. You're not going to make Kiddush Hashem by throwing stones at people and uh, Shabbos. Shabbos it's not going to help you. You know. I want to end off with this Rabbi Rabbi Avad Yosef. This is brilliant, this is brilliant. Look at the brilliance. This is a great man, okay? He was he was walking on the street with his son. And a car stopped on Shabbat and asked him, How do I get to this place? And his son was going mad. Shabbat, Asking the chief rabbi how to drive on Shabbat. And his father says, Tell him quickly, the shortest distance. You know why? So he breaks Shabbat less. If you don't tell him, he's going to drive here, and those days no GPS. He's going to go here. He's going to go. He's going to break him more Shabbat. So tell him straight away how to get to that place. Brilliant. That's a great man. That's greatness. That should be our role model. Our role model is: you break Shabbat, let's minimize a little bit, so you don't go to the mall. He's going to drive to the mall and go here, go here.